السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إنما نطعمكم لوجه الله لا نريد منكم جزاء ولا شكورا صدق الله العظيم All praise, all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this Mubarak occasion of Jumu'ah. Indeed, this is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to see many, many more days of Jumu'ah. And we also make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. And we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes our last day of this earthly life the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. In fact, this day of Jumu'ah is such an auspicious day Mawlana Badri Alam Sahib Rahmatullahi was a great alim that was residing in Medina Sharif. He would give advice that you people that are staying in non-Muslim countries, it's very possible that this day of Friday may get overlooked. Because in non-Muslim countries you'll find that it's a normal working day. A Saturday is half a day and Sunday is a public holiday. So it's possible that yourselves and your family, your children etc. may get more enamored with a Sunday and a Saturday over a Friday. So what he would advise is make Friday a special day. If you're dressing your children up with a new kurta, for example, or a, dress them up well, dress them on a, on a Jumu'ah. You're giving them spending, give them the spending on a Friday. If you're cooking a special dish for the week, cook that special dish on a Friday. Make that Friday an extra special day because indeed it is Sayyidul Ayyam. It is the leader of all the days and that is this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. Anyway, the topic that I wish to discuss today is a topic to do with something that is hidden and that is inside, something that is internal, not something that is external. Normally, when we in this world, everything that appeals to us generally is things that are external. We see things that look nice, we appreciate it, and we take our time to admire it. But what is on the external, what is at, on the surface level, things that are internal, that are hidden, very seldom do we take our time to appreciate it. And one of the things are is even within our physical bodies and within our spiritual bodies. And physical bodies, for example, a person's condition of his heart, the condition of his kidneys, the condition of his lungs. Often you find a youngster is training in the gym, he's trying to get his muscles right, person is jogging, he's trying to get his shape right, he's doing it more for his shape. Like that you find a person is applying cream, he's worried about his hairstyle, he's worried about his clothing. Very seldom the people worry, what is the condition of my internal? Is my sugar levels right? Is my cholesterol right? Is my pressure right? These are things only when something happens, then suddenly a person says, I need to sort these things out. So like that, when it comes to our deen also, very often we focus on the external, which is very important. To get the external right is very important, but a greater part of our deen has got to do with the internal side. And the internal side is something that we know is the heart. In fact, Rasulullah mentioned that if the heart comes right, then everything comes right. If the heart is corrupted, 
everything is corrupted. So we speak today on one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innamal a'malu binniyat, that verily actions are judged by the intentions. We're talking about this internal having such a powerful, being so important. Look at a human body, a person. People respect him, people love him, his children want to be around him. A normal person, you'll find that this is general in society. People admire this person if he's a good person. But that same person, if something just happens, that internal, that ruh that was there, that ruh comes out, that soul leaves that body. That person is no longer addressed by his name. He has all those physical features. He has the same looks. He is the same person. But one thing has left this person is his ruh. Something internal has left him. Now this person is no longer called by his name. He's referred to as a mayit. Or in Urdu, you refer to him as a lash, as a corpse. Now people will ask, where is the mayit living from? Is the mayit living from the house? What time is it coming to the masjid? What time is the janazah salah? Such a big difference. The same children that would love to sit around that father now want that body to be placed in the qabr, which is the right thing. It should be put as quickly as possible in the qabrustan. But what has happened? What made such a big difference? That ruh has left his body. Something internal has come out. So Rasulullah mentioned, Innamal a'malu bin niyat. There is a small history or there is a small introduction to this hadith. On one occasion, we know at that time, Sahaba were leaving Makkah al-Mukarramah, the Muhajireen, they were leaving Makkah al-Mukarramah, proceeding towards Medina Munawwara. The things were very difficult, the times were difficult, the conditions were against them. So they were making hijrat from Makkah al-Mukarramah, moving to Medina al-Munawwara. There was one, hadith, one Sahabi by the name of, famously known as Muhajir Umm Qais. This Sahabi had proposed to a woman in Medina Munawwara, that he wanted to get married to her. So she made one condition with him. She said, I'm happy to marry you so long as you leave Makkah to Mukarramah and you come to stay here. In other words, I'm not going to come stay there. You leave Makkah Mukarramah and you come to Madinah Munawara, then I will marry you. So she put a condition, a clause, that this is the condition of me marrying you. So this Sahabi, he left Makkah to Mukarramah and he went to Madinah to Munawara to marry this woman. So on that occasion, now you must know, we got so much of love for Makkah al-Mukarramah. May Allah Ta'ala increase that love. Every opportunity a person gets to go, he wants to go and Hajj comes, everyone would like to go, people are going for Umrah. So it's a desire that we all got in our hearts. But that love that Sahaba had was far in excess. Far, it was much more than the love that we have for Makkah al-Mukarramah. We can't demonstrate. In fact, it's mentioned that Rudi'u bilabani hubbil Kaaba, that they were actually breastfed with the milk of the love of Kaaba Sharif. So much of love they had for. It was like unthinkable for them to leave this and go away. But they were doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on that occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned this hadith, innamal a'malu bin niyat wa innama ma nawa. And for every, verily, for every person is what he intends. Whatever he intends. Before we go on with this hadith, just to give an explanation of what an important part of our deen, this intention, this niyat forms. That this hadith, many ulama have commentated on it. Imam Abu Dawood Rahmatullahi in his Abu Dawood Sharif, from 500,000 ahadith, approximately 4,700 4, ahadith he bought in his kitab. And from there he chose four ahadith, which he says that if a person brings these four ahadith in his life, it's sufficient for a person of intelligence, sufficient for him to practice his deen. And from one of those four ahadith is this hadith. He actually refers to it as half of knowledge. Imam Bihaqi explains that this 
hadith itself is one third of all knowledge. Why? If you look at all our devotional prayers, we look at all our devotional acts, you'll find that every devotional act has got three elements, three parts to it. The first part is the physical part. You look at our salah, there's a physical part to it. Then there is a verbal part to it. There are things that we have to read, there are things that we have to say. And then there's a third element of it, which is the niyat. What niyat are we making? So here niyat forms one third of all our devotional acts. So therefore he refers to it as one third of our one third of knowledge. There are other ulama that says from all the teachings of deen, this hadith forms one third of every teaching of deen. So it shows us how important it is to get this niyat right. Sometimes you can have a massive structure, you can have a massive building, but what it was built for, the niyat was not right, then that creates a major problem. There isn't much time to go into too much of detail. So let's just continue with the hadith. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئِمْ مَا نَوَى In fact, this hadith, Imam Bukhari, he started his whole Sahih, Sahih al-Bukhari, he started it with this hadith. To demonstrate and to highlight and underscore to us how important this niyat is. That you are about to carry, an, uh, carry out an action. What is your niyat for carrying out this action? So then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ That person who made hijrat, left Makkah al-Mukarramah, went to Madinah al-Munawwara, solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that will be his reward. His reward will be according to that intention that he made. وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُسِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِحُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِ That person that made hijrat, he left Makkah al-Mukarramah and he's going now to Madinah al-Munawara. His intention is for some dunya, some worldly purpose. Then that will be the reward that he will get according to the niyat he made. Or he went to marry a woman as we explained in this situation of this Muhajir Ummu Qais, that he went to marry a woman, Rasulullah said, when he's going for dunya, or he's going to marry some woman, that will be his hijrah, that will be his reward. So in quoting this, ulama explained that this niyat is something we must expand upon. For example, a man is coming to the masjid for salah. He shouldn't just make niyat and coming for salah, he can expand it according to the niyat that we make will be the reward that Allah Ta'ala will give us. This is what this hadith is explaining. So a man he says he's coming, he's coming to the masjid. I'm coming to the masjid not only for the Jummah Salah. If there is a talk that's taking place, like how is the talk taking place now, I will listen to the talk and I will practice upon what I learn. So now the person already got the sawab of practicing upon what he learned even before doing the action. Then if there is some sick person that is on the way, I hear of somebody that is sick, then I will visit that sick person. If I happen to meet a musalli that needs some type of advice and I'm able to give him some advice, I'll give him some advice. If I happen to meet somebody on the way that's in need of some help, assistance, I'll help that person. So a person needs multiple rewards. Before he even gets to the masjid, he's already got the reward for all the niyat that he made. Something so simple, but yet something that we overlook all the time. How much of sawab we can get? Like that when a person is making nafil qurbani, people often ask this question, can I include, can I make more than one person? It's a nafil qurbani that they're making. Can I include more than one person? In fact, we should be including more. Not only one person, take the whole ummat. Allah Ta'ala send the reward to the whole ummat. Because this is, ulama explained that this niyat is not something like a Cadbury chocolate. You take one piece and give one person, and you got so many pieces less. For in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no restriction, there's no limitation. The more niyat we make, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant. And if a person has got this habit him, that he often makes niyat for other people, the day his eyes close and he is gone from this world, Allah ta'ala will make it such that other people will send sawab for him also. So this 
Niyat is something that is very important. To such an extent, we find that the pious of the past, continuously they would check this Niyat. There was a great alim by the name of Mulana Ismail Shahid Sahib Rahmatullahi. He was a very good orator, powerful speaker. In India, many of us may have went to Delhi, and you know there's something known as a Red Fort, a very famous tourist site. And near this Red Fort known as the Lal Qilla, there's a masjid that is called the Jami' Masjid of Delhi. A massive masjid, huge masjid. So on one occasion, he was giving a talk in this masjid. The masjid was packed. Massive masjid, it was packed to capacity. And after giving this talk, this talk went on for a few hours. Being that orator that he was, powerful speech that he had given, it went on for a few hours. After finishing off and everybody leaving, he himself was leaving. When he came towards the stairs of the masjid, then there was a villager that had just come in. And that villager met him and asked him, that, is the talk finished? So he said, yes, the talk was finished. He was very disappointed that I came from so far. I got my timing wrong. I didn't have my time right. I missed the talk. So this Mulana Ismail Shahid Sahib Rahmatullahi told him, no problem. Sit down here. I'll repeat the talk for you. So he repeated the talk with that same vigor, with that same spirit, with that same motivation he had when he was speaking to thousands of people. He sat and he spoke to this one person just like that. So someone asked him, how did you manage doing that? And one is when you're speaking in front of a crowd, you're motivated to speak. Yeah, you're speaking to one villager, but with the same description, with the same enthusiasm, with the same style and motivation. How did you manage to do that? He said, the first time I gave the talk in front of the whole crowd, I gave it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I gave it again in front of the villager, I gave it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not the number of people that affected me. It was something that I did for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that is what you call ikhlas, sincerity of intention. On one occasion, Hazrat Hakimul Ummat, Mulana Tanvi rahmatullahi, he was still young at that time. He invited, he was based in Khanpur, Khanpur in India. He was based there. So he wanted to call his Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mahmud al-Hassan sahab, who was famous known as Sheikh al-Hind. So he wanted to call him to give a talk to the professionals that were staying in the area. You get the professional class. And then the, the, the reason he wanted his Ustad to come to speak to these professional people, wanted Mulana uh, Sheikh al-Hind to come, Mulana Mahmud al-Hassan to come speak to them, was to show them that ulama, normally people take ulama to be simple, Simon, they're not educated, they don't have so much of knowledge. He wanted to impress upon them, they don't look down upon the ulama, I'll bring a speaker here who will show you that how much of knowledge these ulama have. So that was the niyat of him calling his ustad. So anyway, he arranged the program, his ustad came. And his ustad was addressing this crowd of, so to speak, educated class people, professional people. And he was discussing some intricate points, some fine points. And he was speaking in that manner. And whilst he was speaking and giving a speech to the, speech to the professional people, halfway through, he just stopped. He sat down, he says, I apologize, I can't continue any further. Now this had a total reverse effect, so to speak. Did you call somebody to speak to the professionals to show them how much of knowledge the ulama have? And here this alim speaks and halfway through he says he can't continue any further. So people were surprised. So then he explained to Hazrat Mulana Talvi Rahmatullah. He said, you see, when I was speaking, I checked my heart and I found that I'm actually speaking all these fine points to try and impress the crowd. My niyat was to impress the crowd. I said, I'm not doing it for the sake of Allah. I said, no. I'd rather not do something than to do it with the wrong reasons and yeah I'm doing it to impress the crowd so you see how careful these pious were all the time they would check their niyat our great alim in our country Hazrat Mulana Yunus Patel sahab rahmatullahi who had passed away Allah for his qabar so on one occasion his khadim tells me his servant tells me the person that was making his khidmat 
helping him, serving him, etc. He says, we were coming out of the masjid. Hazrat told me that, you know, we are going to go for a certain deeni program. So, inshallah, if you can come and fetch me in about 15 minutes time. So, I said, no problem. My house is also nearby. I went, he said, I dropped Mulana at his house and I went to my house. He said, in 15 minutes time, I'll come and fetch him. After about 5 to 10 minutes or so, Mulana phoned me up and he says, we won't go. So, I said, okay, maybe something came up. He's busy, so now we won't go. He says, after about another 10 minutes or so, Mulana phoned me again. He said, okay, now we'll go. So I said, okay, I found it a little bit strange, but I got ready and I went and fetched Mulana. When I went and fetched him, Mulana explained to me, he said, you see, when we were leaving the masjid and I told you, we'll go for that program, the dini program. I checked my heart and my heart was clear with the intention that I had to go for that program. When I went home, I checked my heart again and I saw that my niyat wasn't very clear. That What's the reason for me going there? Perhaps I'm going to impress the people. Perhaps I'm going there to show that I'm present, to show face, so to speak. Perhaps whatever the reason may have been. He said, I checked my heart and I found that my heart was not clear. That's when I phoned you and said, now we won't go. And after about 10 or 15 minutes again, I checked my heart and I found now my heart was absolutely clear. With the near why I'm going there, that's why I told you, now you will, let's go. Now we will go. You see how the pious check their heart? That this heart, this niyat must be solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not there to try and impress others and try and to showcase how much I am doing. Unfortunately, we are living in this time of social media. Even a man that is going to Makkah Sharif, he's doing tawaf, he wants to take a selfie of himself and show everyone that I'm doing an ibadat. How are we spoiling? Firstly, we're spoiling that place. We're not even supposed to be taking videos and photographs. We're doing it right in front of Baytullah and now we put it on Twitter, Facebook. This is where I am and this is where I'm going. What will happen to the niyat that we have? Are we doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or are we doing it to impress people? On the day of Qiyamah, Nabi, Nabi Alayhi mentioned that from amongst the seven categories of people that will be given shade under the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be a person that when he would give charity, he would give it so secretly that the left hand was not even aware of what the right hand gave. So secretly he would give. Forget about showing people what we're doing, where we are. This is the ibadat we're doing. We're spoiling. Very often we're spoiling our ibadat by this photography and this videoing, etc. So we've got to be very careful that what is our niyat? Is it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? There was a great person by the name of Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. He was a great muhaddis. In fact, in many, many kitabs of hadith and you'll find his name appearing. So Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi on one occasion, it was his habit generally he would go to Syria. He would go to Syria to a place called Raqqa. And people would receive him there. And as a guest alim, he would have hadith discourses amongst his people. And then when he would finish, he'd leave and go. There was a young person that would always come and sit in this discourse. Young man. So when he came to Raqqa day in Syria, he saw that this young man was not there. So he asked the people that, where is this young man? So they said that he has been detained. He has been in prison because he was owing 10,000 dirhams. Dirhams are silver coins. He was owing it and he couldn't afford to pay it. So therefore, he had been sentenced to be prison because of his non-payment. So Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, he made inquiries that who's the creditor, who's being owed this money. So secretly, he goes to the creditor and tells the creditor, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I'm paying you on behalf of this youngster, but I want you to do me one favor. Is tomorrow you ensure that he's released. But no one must know that I give you this money. I'm giving you solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the creditor agreed. He said, no problem. He took the money. Next day he went and he released him. The message spread. Uh, the message spread that this youngster was freed by an anonymous person. Nobody knew who freed him. So when he came out, he found out from the people that Abdullah bin Mubarak is already left. 
So the youngster had great love for him, so he, f he followed his tracks and he met him at a certain place. When Hazrat Abdullah bin Mubarak saw this youngster, he acted as though he knew nothing about it. He said, where were you? I was looking for you. I didn't see you. So the youngster said, no, I was imprisoned because I was owing a certain amount of money. So he says, but somebody anonymously came and he paid it. Abdullah bin Mubarak told him, make shukr to Allah Ta'ala that he had freed you and somebody paid it. That's all. And he carried on, he continued. Not even impressing upon that I did it for you and it was me that paid it. You see the amount of ikhlas that he had. Ikhlas is such a thing, it's such an important thing. It causes an action to be boosted up in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And minus that ikhlas, that action doesn't live long. It has a very short life spell. It doesn't have a long life. You want our action, if you want our actions to have long life, then the trick to it is to bring in this ikhlas. Ikhlas is something that is very important. And remember something, that sometimes a person does something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Later on, there's a chore that comes. There's a thief that comes, tells a person, and it often happens later on in his life, they tell the people what you did. Tell the people of your achievements. Give the people your life history and tell them of all the good that you do. Sometimes this chore comes in and wants to snatch away. Like a thief, it wants to snatch away something that we may have done solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a person that had come to Jinjan in that time in India. And who was there? Miyaji Noor Muhammad rahmatullahi. A great personality. He was there. This person had come to him and he said, Hazrat, make dua for me. What do I want? He said, there is a legal battle that is going on at the moment. There is somebody that had usurped my land, had taken my land away. And now we are not talking about one plot of land like how we have here, one plot of land. He's talking about farming, agricultural land, massive piece of land. And now there is a court case that is going on. And the verdict is going to be given very soon, whether that land now is going to be returned to me or not. I'm asking you, please make dua that the verdict comes in my favor. So Miyaji Noor Muhammad Rahmatullah had that informal relationship with this person. So he told him, I'll make dua for you, but I want one to make a deal with you, so to speak. I want to strike a deal with you. What's the deal? You see, there's a great alim. There's a great, not an alim, but a very great personality. Haji Imdadullah Muhajir Makki Rahmatullah At that time, he was residing in Tanabawan. He's residing there. He just, he's just there in that masjid. There was no facilities around the masjid, like how we have classrooms. And we have toilets and we have other facilities. There was just a masjid that was there. There were no real facilities. He said, just build some, like so to speak, classrooms. Build a small area there so that people can come visit. People can participate in the khanqah this day. They can stay overnight and they can go. So just a few rooms, etc. need to be built. There some facilities. You undertake to build that. I'll make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you get your land back. He said, done. Deal is done. I'll do that. I'll do the whole thing. That project that you want me to do, I'll do it. Very short while the verdict came that this case was won in his favor. That whole land was his. He was excited, very happy. He even told me, as you know, Muhammad that this case came in my favor. Now the case came in his favor. He was happy. He decided that, you know what, I'll only do half this project. I'll just build some one or two classrooms. I don't need to do the whole thing. There's other people, someone else can do the rest. He changed his niyat. Initially his niyat was that I will do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He changed his niyat. Now the case was won in his favor. A few days later, this is recorded in history that a new, a new verdict had come, a new judgment had come that half that land comes to you and half the land is, to do, is towards the person, the other person that was the disputant. So half is yours and half is the other person's. So he gets a shock of his life. Quickly he comes rushing back to Miyaji Noor Muhammad Rahmatullah He says, Hazrat, this is what had happened. That initially that verdict, that whole land was in my favor. Now half is for me and half is for the other person that usurped my land. What should I do? 
Hazrat said, you see, I made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives you your whole land back. You changed your niyat, Allah changed the verdict. Your niyat changed according to your niyat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the verdict. So this is not a small thing, this niyat is something that is very big. Recently there was a person, his son gave me this incident, that Allah Ta'ala has made it such, he passed away now, may Allah Ta'ala fill his qabr nur. But he was a very generous person, extremely generous person. But his policy was nobody must know what I'm giving. I'm giving for the sake of Allah, it must be done very secretly. In, fr in fact, from his wholesale, when they do charity distributions, the packets that those hampers are loaded or the hampers are put in, those packets also must not be packets from their business. Nobody must know from where it's coming. It must have no name on it. It's done for the sake of Allah. We're not doing it to impress anyone. Allah Ta'ala must be happy with us. So, so, such a high level of ikhlas he had. So, in his masjid, in his town, there was a small incident that had occurred. What was the incident? The Imam Sahib was driving his car and he bumped into a Musalli's car. So, the Musalli is claiming 30,000 rand damages. The Imam Sahib feels that the damages are only about 10,000. So, there's a, the claim is excessive. So, what to do is now becomes a talk in the community. That this Musalli has got a claim against the Imam Sahib and is refuting. So it became a bit of a talk. So the moment this person heard, this generous person, the moment he heard about it, immediately he put that 30,000 rand in that envelope and he sent it and he gave it to the Musalli. He told the Musalli that the Imam Sahib sent this money for you. Now when that Musalli got that money, he got so excited, so happy that the Imam Sahib has paid. That, so he thanked the Imam he said, he thanked the Imam Sahib also. Imam Sahib didn't know what he's talking about, but he didn't know what happened. But the whole community stopped talking that this issue is settled, there's no talk about it. Everything carried on normally. The son of his is telling me that even up till this day, that, that Imam doesn't know who gave that money and that person, that Musalli also don't know who gave it. So much of ikhlas his person had and what, what Barakat Allah Ta'ala has given him. Now this man has gone in the cover, his children, his sons, one masjid a month they put up Isal al for that man. Apart from his, the balls, apart from the charity, apart from the madrasa work and the charities that they're giving, they made it their policy that for our father, one masjid a month we're putting up. Now can you imagine, this is what you call ikhlas. When a person does things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows that action to continue and to continue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings about barakat in that action. And you take minus that ikhlas, you'll find that the person's actions are very, very short-lived. Therefore, we need to bring this element of ikhlas in our life if we want our actions to continue. Don't be carried away. It's very, we living, as I mentioned, in the social media age. Very often we want to celebrate, we want to promote what we are doing. Do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have to let anyone know about it. On one occasion, the same brother was telling me, he was explaining to me, he was telling me that there was a, in his business that he had a lot of properties, like how we have property companies, etc. So a lot of properties. One property of his, somebody offered him, he said, for example, I think the amount was about 25,000 rand. All you need to do is you need to put one television in that unit of yours. It's a unit that's over facing the sea. Put one television in there and I got you a ready-made tenant, 25,000 rand a month. So he phoned to ask that, what should I do? I said, when you're doing something, do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't do it to try and impress the tenant. Do it for this person. Do it for the sake. Will Allah ta'ala be happy if you're going to put one television in the unit to let it out to someone else? So he said, that's done. I, immediately he said, no, we're not doing it. I'm not going to do it. He tells me that just a week or so later, one Arab person called him that he wants to take it. 30,000 rand a month, no need for any adjustments to the unit. As it is, he's going to pay it. And that, he phoned recently again to say, he says, now... I got another tenant after this Arab person has left. He said, I got another tenant who's taking it for the extra amount also. 
and this time he is sorting out his own lights and water. He said he's going to do that from his side. So Allah Ta'ala just sent, I made the near that what I'm doing, I'm doing it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, my time has run out. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, this niyat is something that is very important. All the time we should check that why am I doing something? Am I doing it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Or am I doing it to impress people? If we are doing it to impress people, or the niyat was not right, don't give up the action, continue the action, make istighfar, make toba. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ulama explained that whatever good action we do, take it, throw it in the ocean. Don't tell people about it. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah ta'ala will take out that action and Allah ta'ala will present it to us. Last night, I'll just finish off on this story. Last night, we lost a musalli in our masjid. He was a very, very good-hearted person, clean-hearted person. It's not about how much money we got. It's not about how much education we got. It's about the heart that we got. This person was such a lovely person so to speak that he would meet every musalli he'll meet them he'll greet them he'll smile with them he was very good hearted good with the neighbors good with the people good with the public his style was like a simple person very simple person he would come to the masjid some when it's raining sometimes walking he'll come walking to the masjid with his umbrella and after salah he'll wait outside the masjid often it happened to me a few times that i would also take a walk to my house but he would wait there with umbrella waiting outside he'll say jump in with me but this was not a car, it was not some kumbi or some taxi. He's waiting with umbrella, he'll say, jump in with me. He'll walk me home and then he'll go back to his house. Like that he'll do it for other musallis also. He had a very good heart. He had a very good heart. Look at the moth that Allah Ta'ala had given this person. His whole life he didn't go out of the country once. He never sat, he was 68 year old. He never sat in the plane once also. This year suddenly he says, suddenly he got accepted to go for Hajj. Suddenly he got accepted to go. He was so excited. Never sat in the plane, never went out of the country, never saw the Kaaba Sharif in his life, never saw Madina Sharif. He was excited, elated. People that saw him off at the airport said that he was literally jumping in joy that Allah Ta'ala had accepted him to go for Hajj. The moment he returns from Hajj, he was ill, put into hospital, diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And then he comes home two weeks in such a peaceful manner, he gets a Friday night, he passes away and buried the same night. Allah Ta'ala, what a moth. Can a person ask for a better moth than that? But you have that heart, you have that good heart, you have that good ways and mannerism, doing things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala will reward you in such a manner. Allah ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of making amal, checking our intention and correcting ourselves. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Shahadu Allah, Ilaha Illallah, Shahadu Allah, Ilaha Illallah, Shahadu Anna Muhammad
الحمد لله الحمد لله علي ذات عظيم الشفات سمي سمات كبير الشان جليل القدر في ذكر مطاع الأمر جليل برهان فخيم الاسم غزير العلم وسيل الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأحمد والأسود المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة الأرض العربى وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء فيا معشر الإخوان وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن النفس لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله واجمنوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين واحفظوا وقتكم فإن الوقت أنفس من الذهب والفضة وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس يتحسر أهل الجنة إلا على ساعة مرت بهم ولم يذكر الله تعالى فيها واستغفروا ربكم يمددكم بأموال وبنين وادعوا ربكم فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين وقال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يدخلون عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته ملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما معنى الأحاديث المختلفة أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وقد 
رضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعدكم لعلكم تذكرون وقد قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون أقيموا الصلاة Try and stand shoulder to shoulder, fill in the gaps from the front, and kindly ensure that all cell phones are switched off. Jazakallah. قام الله قام الله جميع الصالحين الله أكبر الله لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين فأما الإنسان إذا مبتلاه ربه فأكرمه ونعمه فيقول ربي أكرما وأما إذا مبتلاه فقدر عليه رزقه فيقول فيقول ربي أهانا كلا بل لا تكرمون اليتيم ولا تحاضون على طعام المسكين وتأكلون التراث أكلا لما وتحبون المال حبا جما الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حميدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم 
صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا وجاء ربك والملك صفا صفا وجيء يومئذ بجهنم يومئذ يتذكر الإنسان وأنى له الذكرى يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة ارجعي إلى ربك راضية مرضية فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعاليك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم انا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك واغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم تب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا وليك المصير برحمتك يا رحمن